You are listening to season three of the Week Pastor Podcast, where we view Christianity through the lens of vulnerability. Welcome to the Week Pastor Podcast. We are so thankful that you have joined us today on this fresh new episode in season three. Really excited to uh, do another season with you guys. And uh, Sue, are you doing well today? I'm doing very well. Very, very well. Muy bien. <laughs> All right. Well, I know you have a question for us. So I want I want us to get to that today if we can, because we have a, a very important topic to talk about. I think it'll resonate with all of us because I think we've all gone through this except for maybe Sua. So she may not be good at talking about this topic, but I think for the most of us, we're going to be able to really connect with this topic. So Sua, what's this question you have um, for us? I have a question and... um. It, I, I was thinking, have we done this question before? But it just reminded me of the time. I feel like it might have been our last episode of season two when you ha- you were like, mm-hmm. I have a really great icebreaker question. And then you, <laughs> it was the same you asked it, but it was the same <laughs> question that you had asked a few episodes. Yeah, only, and then, only you would remember that because uh, I told right, you. Right, right. But then like, when, you I told you, when I told you the answer that you had said, you were like, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> It was like, where would I'm you so, want to live? I'm so predictable. And then I'm I was so like, you said South Africa. And you're like, that's what I was going to say. Oh, that's right. Wait, where is a place you want to go visit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so predictable. So Anyways, predictable. so I have Anyways. been watching this Korean okay. drama called Moving. What's it called? Huh? Moving. Moving. It's is it on good. Netflix? No, it's very annoying. It's a Disney Plus one. But because of okay. VPN, it won't show it on Disney Plus here. Because only Disney Plus Asia gets it. So I had to actually subscribe to Hulu to watch it. Very annoying. But so good. It's, but it's on Hulu? So good. Yes, it's on Hulu. It's Moving. so good. And who's in it? Who's in it? Um, Anyone I know? A, well, a variety of... It's actually a stacked cast. It's like an ensemble okay. cast. Um, but um, I think... So it's, it's like a weird mix of like teen romance plus john wick like i can't really explain it any other way there's a oh, lot action. of like action there's a lot because the whole premise of it this is not our question by the way the whole premise of it is there's a group of people who are kind of like mutants they have like these superpowers um and it revolves around them and how like the government's trying to use them but they're trying to protect their kids from being used yo this is an all-star cast wait no, wait it's, this it's it's so good like John keeps bothering me every evening being like, do we have time to watch one more? Do we have time to watch an episode? Wow. Um, is this, very this is new, huh? This is new? It's newish. Yeah, it's newish. Oh, man. Okay. I want to see if I can get it. But anyway, got, my I question need, is... I need to watch some stuff on the plane. But anyway, go, what is the question? So my question is... Um, Don't say superpower. It is. It is. I think we may have done it, but I think we should I do think it so. again. I think we may have done it. I, so. I really was thinking about it because okay so for example okay. in this in this korean drama i kept asking john because i mean i do feel bad for john sometimes that he's married to somebody like me because he's trying to watch the show but i keep bothering him with questions on the don't, side don't feel bad for john that he's um, married to somebody like you <laughs> i mean no he's lucky but sometimes i'm like mm, yeah. i'm probably really <laughs> annoying right now and then i get mad that he won't answer my questions like hello i'm talking to you but then he's like watching <laughs> Show. Okay. Anyway, so I was I was asking him because there's a variety of superpowers that are in this Korean drama. Okay, so really? one of them is like flying, which is very classic. I would love power. to fly. Um, but then another one is this guy. He has the ab- ability to like infinitely regenerate. So no matter what happens to him, it just immediately heals back. So Literally, you cut his arm off, another arm will grow. Mm-hmm. They wow. they ran. He got trapped in between two trucks. And then yeah. fell to, off a cliff with a truck falling on him and then got set on fire and he was fine. <laughs> he 
he just like recovered everything all the bones were like cracking back into place and like all of like the blood started spewing and then it just stopped because it just like healed itself you know i i why are you laughing it's amazing that's awesome yeah it's it's amazing that's Um, crazy so, so then i was like and then there's um like obviously there's like super strength, right? Like people mm-hmm. who are like just super, 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 super ridiculously strong, like brute strength, yeah. um, things like this. So I asked John, I was like, which superpower would you want out of these? Like, would you rather have the ability to fly, which seems like a really magical, cool thing to do? But what if you could have the ability to never get injured? <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> anyway, if you could choose anything, you could choose anything. Okay. okay? So what did John say? What did John say? And what did you say? No, he didn't answer it because he wasn't paying attention to me. He oh, was okay. watching the show. Then what he was very you? annoyed at me. What 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 superpower would you want? So I think that like maybe even five years ago, I would have been like, I would like to fly or I would like yeah. to be invisible, something along those lines, something cool. But now that I'm squarely middle age, I have become extremely practical in what I wish for. And I would really like to not get injured. Regenerate? You know, this is so sad. I'm four, I'm turning 40 in four months. Okay. I have finally had my first like workout injury. What is it? It's my first one ever. I think I did something to my rotator. <laughs> when I do like stop, bench, when I do bench so presses hard, or like lateral raises, it really hurts. Like my right side really hurts. So, so you know, I don't want to keep talking about this, but maybe the tonal <laughs> is making you do a little too much for your body to handle. No, that's not so it. My body is just time. falling apart because I'm old now. Yeah. So anyways, five years ago, I would have been like, you know what? Invisibility. Another one that would have been really cool is to be able to speak whatever language that I want to in whatever setting that I need to. Um, Like, and no matter where I travel in the country, I can just speak that language. Like that would be so freaking cool. But now I just want to not injure myself, basically. But Sua, like if you have a superpower, you can't just selfishly just keep it to yourself. You have to go out now and fight crime and like do something like like take care of bad people, right? Because you can regenerate. You're cool, right? So, you can, if you just have that superpower, superpower is always meant for you to use it for okay, good. I mean, all, that's it. I think somebody's been watching too much Spider Man. With no, great power I comes see. great responsibility. Yes, that's right. That's you not can't just or <laughs> that superpower to yourself. So that's that's messed up, man. You gotta go no, out. So, that who said so, that if i have a superpower i have to use it for the good common good who you should because you're just gonna keep that to yourself so that's why i wouldn't want that because if i had that if i had that superpower then i gotta go out and fight crime and stuff and like you know go to war or something like that and you know get Wait, shot really? up and I stuff and never thought about it like that i feel like you... i would just use it for my own entertainment <laughs> see see you're gonna just like chop your finger off and like i'm sorry look, when's the out. last time that you've used your freakishly tall height for the good of the common good when i have when? I, I, I changed my uh my light bulb on my uh on, on my kitchen and i didn't even that's need to the, use a that's your family you should be going around and volunteering <laughs> to kill bugs that are on ceilings for all people in leonia <laughs> <laughs> at you least at the it. very least so this is this is it. So I I had a we have a kitchen light and I had to buy those long bulbs, those halogen bulbs yeah, or whatever, yeah. those fluorescent bulbs. And so I went to the hardware store in in town and I bought I bought you needed four of those. So I bought four of those, but then I brought another. I bought six altogether. So I wanted to have two spares. So I was walking home and this is just me. This is me being super klutz. Like I was right in front of my house and I was just looking at my phone. I was holding these bulbs and I trip over the curve no. and I fall. 
Did they break? And I know if I fall with my hands, oh, out, I'm going to no. crack all of them. So I don't know how I did it, but I found a way to just fall in a way where I only cracked one out of the out six. Out of how many? Out of six. Oh, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. That's pretty good. I, I'm a klutz. But when I'm in the moment, I feel like I can be a little bit agile. And I was able to do like that matrix thing, you, you know, kind of like, reflexes. Fall. But I bet you I look silly. But yeah, I came up with a bloody knee. I came up with Are like you know, my hand got but cut. You saved six stuff. out of seven. But I saved balls. five of the six, which I think is remarkable. So I feel I'm like you would have been myself. even angrier if um, like, yeah, I feel like you would have been pretty, pretty angry if you broke the bulbs after all that. Yeah. So, so Sua, for me, I wouldn't do the regenerating thing because I feel like if I had that power, I would have to then do something like become a detective or like be on the SWAT team or something yeah, but, like that. Okay, you know, but, like uh, because that's a superpower. You won't, you won't die. Like, but you that's know, just it's, too much. I think it's all relative, and I'm not even being facetious here. Okay, it's all relative because to me, you do have a superpower. Like, I actually do My think height? being six foot four, four no. is literally. I need a step stool to get like the second, second like level of like Jenny too. Jenny's shorter than you. Okay, but like, I do but that. I don't see you doing anything for the common good. Listen, anyone wants to call me and say, "Hey, I need you to pick up this thing. It's really high up." I can. I always will do it. All right, I always will do it. So, so that would be the 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 one that I would do is I would do the flying. Why? So you could do you don't flying. have to be in lines at the airport. Yeah, I just, I mean, just to fly, just to get an overhead view, just to, I just would love to fly. But that you don't would think that would a, have to be used for, like... But what could you use it for good? Like, there's nothing you can really use it for good. Like, okay, somebody had an emergency. All right, get on my back. I'll take you. Boom. That You know, stuff like that. But um, but you could still die. Just because you could fly with me, you can die. You still die. So it's different. So it's the different only kind of superpower. superpower that you think needs to be used for the good of the universe is the regeneration. That's the only and superpower. Strength. And strength. And strength, because strength is kind of like you're probably not going to die easy because you're so strong. So I think those are those are probably the the two. So the flying, the flying. This reminds me of the time. See, this reminds me of the time when you when I asked you who you would choose as your partner in the zombie apocalypse, and you chose the person that you thought was the strongest person, which is clearly not a very thought thoughtful tactic. I did. I did did say Steve Bang at the end because Steve Bang's got that precision aim, man. So I want somebody. That is is not. Wait, hold on. Is that why you said? I thought you said Steve Bang or did I say Steve Bang because he would take a bullet for you? No, 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 no. So like only I I originally said Eugene because he's so strong and you're like, no, 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 that's not going to work. And that's not a good tactic. Steve Bang because Steve Bang plays that video games and he's so good at shooting. So that'd be the Where are you going to get a gun? We'll figure it out. We'll find one. New Jersey. It's really hard to get one. You should come to Ohio. There's like guns everywhere. So here's what I would like. So this, if I had flying powers, what I do is, oh, you know what I would do for good? I would love to like have quiet time and just be flying like in like a beautiful part of the country with a lot of nature and just be flying in the air as I'm connecting and praying with God. That would be like so amazing. Also very selfish. That's not helping yes. anyone. No, but no, you. no. But here's where it's not selfish. I would take people with me. I would say, come on, let's go. Well, I'll take you with me. We'll go flying and we can connect with God in a beautiful way. You just way. said you dropped a bunch of light bulbs. I'm not going flying with you. No, you'll be on. Like, you, I'll hold. That's a superpower. If you're flying with me, you won't fall. So you don't have to worry. And if you do, even if I do drop you, I'll catch you. I'll get you and I'll catch you. Well, Remember one, Superman? one in six chance of Remember Superman, surviving. Lois Lane? She, like, he let go and she fell and he caught her. I would catch you. I would catch you so you won't fall and die. I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, Sue, come on. Let's go and we'll pray. Let's go. Let's go. You're like, on my back, okay. I'll go pray. I'm like, sorry, John. 
No, no, but if you can regenerate, it doesn't matter if I drop you. You just regenerate. I'll, I'll go flying with you if I can regenerate. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You just regenerate. Oh, this was a fun question. Yeah, but I, I think if wow. you have a superpower, hmm. you got to use it for good, right? Like, for me, if I could regenerate, dude, I would, like, I, I would go into whatever scene I need to go into, man. Okay, and, but you know, just because you can regenerate doesn't mean you don't feel pain. So in that show, does that guy feel pain, though? Yes. When he regenerates, yeah, but you regenerate, you're fine. Eventually, the pain becomes a little bit normal because you're. You know, people could say that about Jesus. What was so bad about dying? You were going to come back alive. Doesn't work. Damn, girl. All right, maybe. Maybe it still hurts. It still hurts. (laughs) I I can't do it. If if I had to break my leg, I don't care if it's regenerating. It hurts. So you want to regenerate just so that you. (laughs) Go work out harder, not worry to get injured. That's that's a selfish superpower, girl. I want to be able to regenerate so that I can become mildly fit, not even like really fit because I'm never <laughs> getting there. Just like mildly fit. Oh man, yeah. oh man, that's how big I dream. You, you know, you know. Um, I gotta confess something. Years, Uh-oh. a couple years ago, there was a guy. We you know Maven. We do the Murph challenge. You know what the Murph is? No. Murph is is this guy. Uh, I think it's Captain Murph, and he. He came up with this thing. You run a mile, you do 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and then you end with a mile. And then you time yourself. That's called a Murph. 100 pull-ups? 100 pull-ups, 100, 200 push-ups, and then 300 squats. You did this? And then you, yeah, I, I used to do it regularly, oh, but gosh. then I hurt my shoulder really bad. But any event, it takes forever for me. I, my, the pull-ups, I stink at. How do you do 100 so anyway, pull-ups? There was this one guy. Um, that went and did it. And this is the year that I had the bad shoulders. I couldn't do it. So I was just cheerleading people on. He did it. And um, I, 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 I guess I did such a good job cheering him on. I mean, he exerted himself to a different level. Do you know what he ended up getting? Have you ever heard of a, of a condition called rapto? What? Rapto? rapto? Yeah, rapto. I think is it's called rapto. Is this a real condition? Oh, it's a real. He was he was in the ER for five days. Wait, what? Wait, yeah. what is what's rapto? It sounds like something from Jurassic Park. It's, it's basically, I guess that's the nickname of it. I don't know the full like diagnosis of it, but basically, you exert yourself so physically, so much so that your body just starts breaking down, and I think it starts eating away at your muscles. Like it's a real serious condition. You could die. You literally can die from this. And when I found out, like, that was like a Saturday. And then Monday when I went to the gym, I was like, hey, where is this guy? And then they said, oh, he got wrapped up. He's okay, in, hold he's, on. He's in the emergency. Can we pause for a and second? And I was like, what? Can we pause for so- a second? Oh, okay, hold on. That's a crazy story in and of itself. But the crazier part about the story is that you feel like you are responsible for this guy getting wrapped up because it was your ex, like your excellent cheerleading that got him. <laughs> to this point i i i cheered him on too much so it's called it's called um it's called oh i can't even pronounce this wrapped wrapped rhaptomyelosis rhaptomyelosis that's what it's called so you you think and that he, he couldn't have done rapto. it without your cheerleading basically i think if i you didn't put too much him pressure on him he he, he did a hundred pull-ups so fast i couldn't believe it i'm like oh my god this guy is flying he just kept going kept going and then everything was, this guy did perfect form for everything. And I pushed, I'm cheering him on, cheering him on. He finished the whole thing, but then he went to the ER. And this is what it says on Google. Rapto is a serious medical condition that can be fatal or result in permanent disability. Rapto occurs when damaged muscles, tissues releases its proteins and electrolytes into the blood. These substances can damage the heart and kidneys and cause permanent disability or even death. I hate, I'm telling you, you Taylor did this keeps to saying him. it. You keep, 
you did he said this you gave him. this guy rap though yeah he said you gave this guy rap though so <laughs> I can see the regenerating. Your superpower is cheerleading people into Rapto. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you better I done keep really those well. cheerleading skills away from me. I would have been. <laughs> I think I could have been a really good publicist or been good at PR. I think I could have been good at those things. But anyway, Basua, that could be a, like if you had just gener, you know, you could regenerate. You'll never have Rapto, so you're fine. I'm, so anyway, I think that's... that I will never get Rapto, no matter what. I just can tell you that right now. The only thing is I can't be in the room with you while you're working out because I might encourage you so much. You might believe you can do all these things in a crazy time. That you but you don't think, yourself, again, so. I don't want to go into like a tangent here, but you know that guy, um, David Goggins, that crazy guy, Navy SEAL guy who wrote that book? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Um, a great book, by the way. He said something about how when you think I don't think this is scientifically footnoted or anything. It was just something he was spewing, like motivational jargon. But he was basically like, when you think that your body can't do any more, like you are at your like end, you that's when more. you have 90% left. Yeah. Um, like he yeah. was like, you're not even close to being yeah. done. But yeah. see, it didn't work for this guy. Yeah, he, he was close to being done. And I egged him on to do more. And he almost killed himself. He, I mean, he was in the hospital. But it's such a wild thing to think about. He was in the hospital Some for people, five days. their yeah. mental is actually, actually six so strong yeah. that they can yeah. almost kill themselves because they don't, because, you know, most of us, like, we give up much, yeah. much earlier, way before our bodies. Yeah. Oh, no, this refreshed. this guy is hardcore. This guy is hardcore. So, like, I realized I got to I gotta tone it down when I go. That's why I, I can't be a good, um like, a, a maven trainer. Because I would egg people on and I might make them push too hard and they're going to end up hurting themselves. So I probably shouldn't be doing that. Do you so, remember the time? Anyway, Sorry, can I tell this I story? I don't know if I'm allowed to tell the story. Man. There yeah. is a hilarious time. I think I can say this now. It's been many, many years. When right. we were it in the Fort me? Lee office. Yes. When we were in the yeah. Fort Lee office. You know the yeah. story. I think I just told this story to my sister-in-law recently. I was dying. Oh, gosh. Um, what did I say? It was like right around the time when all of the hor horrible, like, sexual harassment and like the Catholic church was coming about. And uh -huh. um, one of our staff members at the time had a son who was, I don't know, maybe he was like 11 or 12. And like his okay. mom kept saying like, he has abs. So you were like, Hey, let me see your abs. And he was like, no, no, I don't want to, I don't want to show you my abs. And you were like, come on, come on, take off your shirt. Let me see your abs. And he was like, no, no, I'm too embarrassed. Then you go, okay, come into my office, close the door. And then you can take off your shirt. <laughs> So I had no idea where you were going with that story. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I'm like, oh, I know what you're talking it's about. So now. funny. Yeah. You're like, all right, fine. Come into my office, close the door, and then you can take off your shirt. No, no, because I thought he was a little self-conscious because you were there. Like other people, like women Read were the there. Room, pee -pee. Take off your shirt. Read the room, PP. Read the room. I'm like, just come into my office, take off your shirt. Let me check it out. <laughs> so good. Anyways. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all right. So uh, anyway, that was an excellent question, by the way. So uh, keep keep coming up with those new questions. Anyway, so we're going to talk today about something real serious, actually, is sort of dealing, maybe not dealing, but trying to overcome failure. We've all failed in some capacity. Um, I have failed many of times. And, uh, you know, you, you read some of these business books and they're saying, if you're not failing, you're not trying. And I, I agree with that. But failing is really tough. It's tough to go through failure. And sometimes if we're not prepared for it and if we're not in a good place emotionally, failure could really, you know, disable us from moving forward. And so I want to kind of talk about that a little bit. I know, Sue, we kind of talked about this before we 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 went on air and you were just like, oh, this might be hard. And I know probably you haven't really failed at things, you know, that you 
you might be able to remember, but I still think it would be good for you to maybe share because you know you also have a lot of people that you've talked with who come to you and share their failures with you. And so just kind of like, what what's the best way in how we can not necessarily deal with it? Because we don't want to just kind of deal with it. How do we sort of overcome like our failures, like the failures that we might be going through in our lives? What are some of the things that we need to prepare ourselves for sort of like emotionally uh, before we even encounter the failure or even after we encounter the failure, what are some things that we can go through to kind of help us through it? So I think that's the, that's the hardest, that's the, that's the biggest thing. So uh, do you want me to go first? So yeah. kind of share some of my thoughts. Sure. Okay. So here's what really helps me. A couple of things I would just give to you guys right now. Number one, you got to be able to talk about it. So a lot of times when people fail, we isolate ourselves. We don't share it with anyone because who wants to share a failure? I mean, it stinks because you feel like you're, not only do you you fail at something, you feel like a failure, then you want to share it. Our culture doesn't do well with failure, so we don't share failure. We only share successes. And so I think one of the biggest things we have to do is we've got to be countercultural in that. You have to be willing to share it, not with everyone, but like we talked about in, in, in this podcast with some people that are really close to you, like your soulmate, if you have a soulmate or soul, you know, brother or sister, you have to be willing to share that with them. Like that's absolutely essential. And I just think it's really hard for us. And the reason why we struggle with failure so much is because we don't, our culture doesn't prepare us to fail. They We always champion the ones who win and succeed. We don't really focus on the people who actually lose or fail. And so I think the biggest thing for me is I need to talk about it. I need to process it. Be honest about it. Honest about how I feel, all right? Uh, things like that. That really helps me uh, to deal with failure. The other thing that really helps me is this. I have to do my best. And this, this, is, this is the work you can do right now so that you don't... So when you do fail, you, it won't destroy you. You cannot find your worth or your identity based upon what you've succeeded in life or what you have failed in life. Now, that's really difficult to do, especially if you're a person who succeeds a lot. Right. And then you fail. Like it's so difficult for us to handle that. So you have to learn to separate yourself and find your identity in being truly just a child of God. Right. That's your identity. And don't allow your failure nor your successes to define who you are. Now, that's easier said than done. But the only way to do that, I think, is you got to actually go through some failure and really learn to separate yourself from that. Right. And at the end of the day, like what I like to tell myself, like if I failed at something, I tried my best. I really tried my best, you know, and I'm going to move forward now, you know, and stuff. So that's kind of like my mindset when I deal with failure. So I don't know. What, what are your thoughts, Sua? I mean, I think it, as you know, as I'm getting <clears throat> older, this is interesting. I was um, the other day I was doing my Bible reading and um, I was like, you know what? I need to like get in the mood. So I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to listen to a Christian song because, you know, sometimes like I'm so I'm coming from like so many, yeah. you know, crazy things that I have to kind of just center myself do you know what i mean i, okay. I just need yeah. like a couple of songs to just stop thinking about like all the lists and all, all the other stuff <clears throat> so i went on my apple music and um i was like oh my gosh like look at this song i have not heard this song so you know do you know that song um it's super old it, it's called more more than hold on more than able i think that's what it's called no 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 hold so. on oh he is able he is able more than able to accomplish oh, what okay. concerns me today. Okay. So I used to listen. I used to Is that a hymn? Is that a hymn? No, it's like an it's like an 80s worship song. 
Okay. He I don't is know if able, I've ever heard that. more than able. You don't know the song? Okay. No, no, no. So anyway, I used to sing the song religiously in, se- mm. in senior year because I thought this song was about God getting me into the college I wanted to go into. Okay. <clears throat> That's why I remember. Which was song. what? Well, what college was it back then? I think it was Georgetown and they waitlisted me. Um, <clears throat> okay. I'm pretty sure. You want to go to Georgetown. Georgetown? I wanted to go okay. to Georgetown. Um, and I did early action, but they waitlisted me. So anyway, but why why did you want to go to Georgetown? I don't know. It was on a whim. Like to be honest, like I just oh, decided okay. it on. Oh, a whim. I thought maybe you visited the campus. Um, like I love it. You know that kind of thing. The boy that I used to have a crush on in um, fifth grade used to always wear a Georgetown like that bulldog hat. I think okay, I had a positive David? like conditioning with was it. His name David. Daniel, remember? Oh, da- Daniel. oh that's right, the Daniel. Yeah, he was a Daniel. Daniel. Yes. Daniel. Daniel. Um, okay. So, anyways. <laughs> I was listening. To, so I remember I was listening to the song like just a couple of days ago. And I was like, the song is literally not about going to college. <laughs> like it totally just <laughs> hit me that when I'm singing, God is able to do more than anything I could ever imagine or dream. He's not talking about me getting into the college of my dreams. Okay. Um, I say this to say, I think my definition of success or what constitutes yeah. a success is really being challenged lately because mm-hmm. um especially because I don't have like a work context to really measure that success in when at least when I used to work like let's say when I was at metro yeah. there were projects that I would do and there were metrics that I could use to gauge whether this was quote unquote successful or unsuccessful but right now like I said my life is very like the same like it's a very monotonous fun but like mostly the same kind of consistent everyday life. Yeah. So they don't, I don't really have, my kids are being formed, but I mean, like, I don't know if my kids are quote unquote successful or not. Like, I don't even, you know what I mean? And the day to day, I don't have very many things to gauge whether I'm being a success or not. But recently I've been thinking a lot about what does success even mean to me? Um, mm. And I think what I've come to learn, especially in that moment of, oh my gosh, like literally it's not about me. I think success for me right now in this stage of my life is learning. This sounds so pretentious. Like I, I as I'm oh. saying it, I'm like cringing, but okay. it's learning to do the will of God. But I don't mean that necessarily in like, what is my calling? But it's more like, you know, success is basically just doing what God asks me to do and only what God asks mm-hmm. me to do. Um, kind of like how jesus says the father and i are one whatever i do i only do because god like my father tells me to do like that's kind of there's so an alignment and i've Mm. realized like most of my life you know i've kind of i consult god but i do mostly what i want to do and then when i want the things that i want to do to succeed i will consult god and i feel like you know if i feel like i'm hitting a you know block i'll consult god but i've never really thought about um if we're if we're really supposed to follow after the example of Jesus, who literally says he does not do a single thing that the Father does not ask him to do, that is not in the will of God, then what it is what is it that like I am thinking about in my day to day, when I create all of these projects and do all the things that I want? Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you for a fact, I am not thinking is this the will of God or not. That question does yeah. does not frequently enter my mind, um, unless it's like certain things that are like. God, quote unquote, related, like church related, you know, but I've been really trying to incorporate more in terms of that. I had a second thought, but now I can't remember, but it seems like you have something to say. Okay. All I would say is, yeah. And, and, you know, I I think this is good to uh, what you're saying, because, you know, I think there, 
is things that we fail from where these goals or the things that we set to do are maybe not necessarily from God. And then there are ones that we feel like God is calling us to do. And then we actually fail. Like we might fail in that. I think there are two, those are two very mm. different things, you know, and the best example I can give is that, you know, you, you I've told this story many times, but when I first started Metro, man, I wanted that church to not be the biggest church in the U.S. I wanted that church to be the biggest church in the world. That wasn't God's goal for me, but that was my goal, mm. right? And so God had to deal with my level of grandiosity, and um, and and I failed at that. But I felt like such a failure because the church wasn't growing the way I'd hoped it would grow. And by year five, I had such a burnout because what I was trying to do, because I didn't know how to deal with that failure, I was speaking at every speaking engagement that I could get. You know, and I was traveling twice a month. I was doing different things. And I was just overextending myself. And I had three little kids at home, you know. And so it's like, you know, I'm dealing with the realities of trying to, you know, be at home, but I'm not. And then I can't sleep when I'm at home because my kids cry all the time. And so, like, I'm just, like, stressed and overwhelmed. And I'm trying to figure out outlets to okay, kind of deal with that. But that's, in th that's dangerous. But in that situation, though, using, like, I mean, if I were to see it from the perspective of what I'm learning recently, that yeah. was a success because success is to me gauged only by whether you're being faithful or not. Right. So in terms, yeah. in terms of did God, did God put that calling in your heart and ask you to take this leap of faith? And yet you, you said, yes, maybe your expectations yeah. may have been different, right, right, but right, you right. already succeeded the moment you surrendered okay. yourself and said, yes, Good. it did it. Yes. Right. And yes, so yes, yes. I, I think it's, it's coming to terms with the fact that success, and I know this sounds so cliche, success in God's kingdom is literally just being faithful, right? It's yeah. not about putting your own expectations of what that should yeah. look like. But if yeah. God, God asks you to do something, saying yes is the success, That's you know, right. because at the end of the day, God's goal is to change our character and our hearts, not necessarily make use us as tools to create something because God can do whatever he wants. He doesn't need, necessarily yeah. need me. But I think his yeah. ultimate priority is where like how am i submitting to him like changing my character and who i trust in but the second point i was going to say and i just want to say that's with, so therapeutic man Sue, that's beautiful thank you keep going that makes me you feel know so you know what's really interesting so um, I, shout I out so, to i feel so affirmed you no know, so shout out to rich huang he recently was messaging me he wanted to ask he was asking me something about the history of metro but i was like go ask pp oh. and he was like i don't want to bother him he's on sabbatical i was like oh that's right <laughs> so i was trying to answer his questions for him so i dug up metro's 12 year anniversary video or not 10 year anniversary 10 year video. anniversary video. yeah and i was watching it um there were some questionable fashion choices on my part but we're not gonna <laughs> What do you mean? What do you mean? I was Question. in the video and I was wearing a really strange headband. I don't know why I decided to wear that on that. Video really? Thing. I want to watch it now. Um, totally but anyways, forgot. but it was wild to me because I have watched this video and heard that story of that snowstorm so many times. Oh, but yeah. man, like it was so crazy to like revisit that whole history. Um. Anyway, wow, that was that was something. But yeah, I, I feel like the second part I wanted to talk about was, um, you know, when you say you have to base your identity on being a child of God and not on the things that you accomplish. Yeah. But you, we say it so easily, but like, PP, that is really, really hard. It's so hard. <laughs> it's really, so really hard. hard. Um, yes. And again, one of the, like, I was, I was, I'm thinking about this because I talked about this in small group the other day, but you know, what exactly is spiritual formation? I remember thinking like Pastor David Hosang was the pastor of spiritual formation for a while. I don't know if mm -hmm. that's what he was when I left. Um, but I remember thinking like, what is spiritual formation? Because 
spiritual formation is happening like all the time. You know, we are literally being spiritually formed every second of every day. Every time I open Mm -hmm. my phone to look at Instagram, um, I'm being spiritually formed. Every time I watch a K-drama, I am being spiritually formed. You know, maybe it's not the spirit of God, but I'm being formed by some kind of spirit. Um, And I think that I- Dang, girl. You on right? fire. But I trick myself into thinking that the, this morning, girl, you on fire. Stop it. The only time I'm being spiritually formed is when I'm intentionally reading God's word. But if That's I compare right. the ratio of the minutes that I spend mm-hmm. doing quote unquote church related things or reading the Bible or even praying versus all of the other things that I do in my life, mm-hmm. I am like setting myself up to fail because the voice mm-hmm. that tells me who I am most of the times yes. is not coming. Yes. From God, and I think yeah. that's why yeah. it's so hard for me to to yeah. listen to who God tells me to be or who God already tells mm-hmm. me I am. Because, yeah. in terms of like how the numbers stack, I have set yeah. myself up for failure, and I'm I'm telling you yeah. about me. You know, yeah, it's really yeah. hard. I'm listening to well, other people more. No, absolutely, and I agree. But you know, the fact that you're listening to like you're reading the Bible on a regular basis makes you like you're a rare breed amongst most Christians in America. So, I mean, that's just the reality. But what I, what I will say is that um, I just, I just think like you have to like fail and nobody wants to fail, but you got to fail so that you can allow God to be a part of that process. At least for me, my greatest moments of learning and growing in my own spiritual formation has been from failure. Like I've had to go to God and like I've had to have my Gethsemane moments and saying, this is hard. I can't do this. And and I'm struggling right now. And it's those moments where like I've been able to really grow and learn to differentiate myself and find my identity being God's child as opposed to anything else. You know, and I think like that's been a journey. Like it's been such a journey because my identity was deeply found in whether people approved of, approved of me or not. Like that was everything for me. And it's been a journey where I have been able to learn to find my identity and just being who I am before the Lord, his child, as opposed to Peter, the pastor, you know, at Metro, Peter, the church planter or things like that. And it's taken a long time, but I don't think I would have gotten there without my failure. So maybe one of the things is that failure is absolutely a necessary thing, especially when you're trying to do things for the Lord. And like, you know, I, I was trying to grow a church to be the largest church in the world. Like that's what my hope was, but you know, that was very much so in the flesh. But through all of that, God was able to do something within me. So failure is actually very necessary, I think, in our spiritual formation so that we can learn. And we see that very like congruent, like in the biblical characters, like everyone failed. Abraham failed. Moses failed. You know, he's a murderer, right? You think about that. You know, everyone failed except for Jesus, right? Everyone failed, you know, um, in many ways. Paul, you know, persecuted Christians, all that stuff. I mean, yeah, persecuted Christians and stuff. So everyone fail and then they've learned through it. So I think failure is actually very important. It's a big spiritual formational kind of an experience as long as we invite God into that process. If we don't, then that failure can own us and it can really break us down in such a way where a lot of folks, yeah. So any event, you know, what's really scary, Sua? I was at, a, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a chaplain for the Bergen County Prosecution's Office. Hmm. And uh, I'm, I, you know, I, I go there and we hear about a lot of the stuff that's going on. And, uh, you know, I'm, I feel really good about saying I'm a chaplain for the Bergen County Prosecution's that Office. Sounds I know the head, nice. That does sound I really know nice. the head prosecutor in Bergen County. So I feel like, man, if I ever commit a crime, I can call him and he could probably help me. Like if, really um, help me. If that person who, who, I mean, God forbid, ever hurts your daughter, particularly one <laughs> daughter, and you end up hurting him and killing him, it'll really come in handy for you. 
It really will. I mean, the guy knows me by name. I mean, he's just a really good guy. And I know so many officers, like you know, the, the the prosecutors. I know so many detectives. It's really cool. But you know what they were saying? You know, because, you know, um, cannabis is legal in the state now, in New Jersey. Yeah. And so there's so many dispensers. There's so many places where you can buy it now. And they were sharing, like, when you go into these places, they have, like, like a cannabis to deal with your mood. Right, like you take this, like it's gonna make you happy. Of yeah, if you if if you're feeling a lot of anxiety, take this. Like every different type, and they're saying like it's dangerous because it's not just cannabis, but they're putting other chemicals in there, mm. and it's actually not healthy. And I was just thinking, that's what people are doing today. People are going to these places, and 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 this one, and they told they told us that one dispensary in this area makes $250,000 a day in cash because when you can't pay by credit card in these places because buying marijuana is illegal. It's a federal offense, but in the state it's not. So you have to pay by cash only. Is this true? So, oh, 100%. You cannot pay by credit card, nothing. Debit but it's card, legal no. in the state, it's, so why would it be federally illegal? Because because it's on your credit card stamp. So because it's fed, marijuana is not fed. It's it's huh. not it's not uh, right, uh right. it's not legal in the U.S. because there are some states right. that still yeah. hold it. Yeah. So as a result of it, like like you, it's got to be cash only. And so people are going in with cash. Nobody pays by cash anymore. But like they're just they're buying this place out. And like there's one in Fort Lee. It's called Ascend. I didn't know what it was. And they're not our sponsors, some, by the way. We don't need to. Yeah, they're not that. our sponsors. You're not Sua. being sponsored by a set. Sua, you remember the Staples in Fort Lee by the yeah, Red Oaks Diner? I, I heard about this. My sister-in-law told me about it. That is a that is. Yes, I, didn't I heard. A, I didn't even know it was a marijuana. It was a cannabis place. And you know who told me it was? It was Kayla. And I was like, Kayla, how do you know it was a cannabis place? So she's like, No, I heard it's a cannabis. But I'm telling you, the parking lot is packed. Hmm. It is packed because people keep going in there and they buy it. But again, it's showing again. We don't know how to deal with failure. We don't know how to deal. We don't know how to deal with these complex emotions of sadness, you know, of despair and things like that. And so what do we do? We're trying to look for the easy way out. And I think what I'm just trying to say is this, like, and of course I'm going to say this, I'm a pastor, but without Jesus, you cannot deal with failure properly. Right. So, you know, if I can just get a little bit theological, all right, the word light, when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, it's the second of the seven I am statements that he gives. When he says, I am the light, the word light in the Greek or in the New Testament, it's translated as savior. Jesus says, I am here to save you, right? I am the light of this world. Those who believe in me do not have to live in darkness. So, simply speaking, is that if we're going through hard, a lot of failure causes darkness. The only way to get saved from that darkness, according to Jesus and John, right? And John, I think it's John 6. According to Jesus is actually him. So we have to go to Jesus to, to sort of deal with the darkness that often comes from failing and things like that. It's the only way. And I think the sad thing with a lot of Christians and just in general, nobody goes to Jesus anymore when they feel like a failure. Nobody goes to jesus when they're going through seasons of darkness and i've been through seasons of darkness as well and sometimes we would never sign up for darkness but sometimes when we go through it and when we're in darkness we don't want to leave we don't want to leave that darkness because we're so afraid of what life might be if we try to get out of at least with the position that we're in it's very predictable like we know what life is going to be like and the thought of like, what is it going to look like if I try a different path? I think a lot of people just don't want to leave. They just want to stay 
in the darkness. And so it's just really difficult. And if we're going through that, through failures and things like that, there's only one solution. It's Jesus. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Those who believe in me do not have to live in the darkness. They will be in the light. And so at the end of the day, is that we have to go to Jesus. He'll help us process it, help us to grow through it. And I think um, it'll help us to deal and overcome whatever failure it is so that we don't find our identity in those things. I mean, easier said than done, but I've done that. I've been a recipient of growing from that, um, from it. And, uh, and I'm just grateful for it because I mean, you know, ministry is up, up and down and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's been really helpful. But anyway, yeah, that's just my thoughts. Any thoughts on you? I mean, <clears throat> I talked about this in the previous podcast, but I think it's so interesting that we so easily talk about being a Christian. Um, because mm -hmm. as you're speaking, I'm thinking about, like, I know you said, Jesus never failed, right? Jesus was the only one who never failed, which yeah. is why he's better than all of these other previous um, Jesus types. But then if you look at it from like the world's lens, like Jesus is like the ultimate failure. Like Jesus yeah. is the <laughs> ultimate failure. I mean, the yeah. guy literally didn't even get to live to 40. You know, he, nope. he literally nope. had all his friends desert him. He freaking got crucified. Yeah. He got, like, I mean... Yeah. literally no power i mean to be honest like he got no worldly power worldly power yep. no Nothing. wealth no Nothing. not even a progeny to carry his yeah. name like literally in every <laughs> single biological and secular sense the guy is a complete failure yeah. you know so i think it's very ironic that we say jesus was perfect he didn't fail because yeah. we're looking at it from the wrong standard right um yeah i think a lot recently about um because i've been thinking about Sorry, I've been doing a lot of thinking. It's a, it's it's the summer. Like I had no, my kids weren't going to school. I had no lunches to pack. It's like while you were sunbathing, you were thinking. Okay, yeah, I was thinking a lot. Um, like if not that I was wavering in my commitment to Jesus, but I really had to think to myself, like how far am I willing to go? You mm -hmm. know, because mm -hmm. I recently read this book that um really challenged me to think about the way I believed what what salvation meant or what. It's, it's a bit controversial, so I'm not going to like go too detailedly mm. into it because the book was challenging this idea that we have about, you know, he called it, he, they, he was calling it the Billy Graham's era of like easy grace, where basically you just say the prayer and you're done and now you're saved and that's it. Like you go on your yeah. merry way and then you're insured like an eternal life in heaven, like great. But we mm. skip this whole part of what does it actually mean to be a Christ disciple. It means we have to pledge our allegiance to the kingdom of God and to Jesus yeah. as our king. And I know you talk about this too, about how Americans especially don't understand what a monarchy is. I know you've said this before in the podcast. Yeah. Um, and in fact, American history is all about like down with the monarchy, right? Like we are the mm. cool like revolutionaries who rebelled against the king of England. Yep. And now we are our free independent people. And it's all about our free rights, our own personal individual rights, you know, as a country. And so it's really, really difficult to think right. about what it means to follow a king and be sub like submitting yeah. to a king. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I just feel like, I don't even know how this relates to failure. I'm trying to think how this would relate to failure, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think ultimately I had to think about would I be okay, like, would I be able to go through what Jesus did where literally every person that I invested my life's ministry into has deserted me. Um, yeah. I'm a complete failure. People are mocking me, like spitting on me, like stealing all my stuff. Like, would I still be able to say that? Like I am following Jesus, if everybody turned on me, I had the respect of nobody, the love yeah. of nobody. Yeah. Like, I, to be 
honest, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, no, I because I sympathize. Yeah, oh my gosh, it, yeah. like I care yeah. so much about how other people yeah. view me. I still care yeah. so much about being held in esteem um, mm-hmm. and the possibility of losing that. But then is that, I mean, I don't know. I, I really had to confront that reality of yeah. like That's great. failure in the world's perspective still really hurts me. And want, and I still, I think, have to check myself because at the end of the day, I still really want that success that other people also want that the world order sure. says I still follow after that. Um, mm. And I see it when I do it on my kids, especially mm. I think mm. parenting is so illuminating because things that you don't quite understand how you feel about, they really kind of play out when you're trying to parent your children mm. and the priorities that you put on them. Um, so when I, um, when I parent my, my children, a lot of these things come out. Like I want them to go to good schools. Like I want them to have successful, Mm -hmm. high paying jobs. I want them to have health and happiness and wealth, you know, and none of these things are bad, but I see myself putting like the ultimate priority on these things as if these are the things that God would place the ultimate priority. And then I don't think that's necessarily true. So I do have to constantly check myself in terms of like, how I even view the idea, you know, but that, but the fact that you're actually thinking about that, that says a lot, you know, that says that you're really trying to cat, you know, take a look at your devotion to God, you know? And so I think even wrestling with that question just says a lot about, you know, kind of like where you want to be in a spiritual place with God. So I think that's a good thing. Most people don't even think about that. Most people would be like, Oh no, 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 no. I just want to continue to subscribe to being a casual Christian, you know, just kind of making sure God blesses my kingdom and making sure that God is constantly being concerned about the things that concern my heart, but we don't take that step. And I think this is the difference. Jesus truly concerned himself with the mm-hmm. things that concerned the heart of God. And that's why in God's eyes, he was an absolute success because he fulfilled the calling he's placed upon. But in the world's eyes, of course, he was an absolute loser and failure. And at the end, the great thing about Jesus is, you know, like you were sharing about him, but yeah, his disciples all abandoned him. But at the end, what happened? They started the first church. There was a redemptive part to this. When he reappeared, he resurrected from the dead. He showed them who he is. They get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then the world is changed forever as a result of it. So again, a reminder of like with the whole, like it just reminds us that, you know, the disciples didn't have the Holy Spirit until Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And it maybe just shows again the importance of we needing the Holy Spirit in our lives. Like we really need the Holy Spirit in our lives. So when I say we need Jesus, right, in order for us to deal with our failures, yes, that we need the Trinity. You know, one of the ways I end my prayer every day now, I don't know if this will help anyone, but I always do this in my journal. I say, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, please be one in me. I pray that every day. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, please be one in me. Because I need the Father. I need the Son. I need the Holy Spirit in my life. And I need them to be unified in my life so that I can have a chance to continue to move forward and do the things that God wants me to do. But yeah, but but I just think like at the end, yes, Jesus died, but he resurrected and that was the goal. But then look at what happened afterwards. And so, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. But just wrestling with those questions, I think is a good thing. And I just don't think we can really overcome failure and succeed well in it without without Jesus. And I think in many ways, not that God sets us up for failure, but you know, yeah, like if people didn't love Jesus, how are they going to love us, you know, in that way and how are they going to embrace us and approve of us in that way? And again, the reminder is that it's always going to be fellow Christians that will persecute us the most as opposed to those who are not Christians. 
right? And so Jesus' greatest persecutors were the Jewish leaders. It wasn't the Romans that uh, that persecuted him the most. It was actually the Jewish leaders. And so it's just telltale uh, on that. So it's anyway, like what you just yeah. said though, right? Like what you said about <clears throat> like going back to the whole being in the darkness um, and, all, and failure and how sometimes we're the most receptive to Jesus and his presence and his um, words when we're in that post-failure yeah. doom state. Um, yeah. Because I think that's when we really keenly become aware that we need a savior. Um, yeah. And I, again, I know this sounds very cliche, but I really do think most of us, I mean, at least I do, live through most of my life not thinking about my need for a savior every second of the day, you know, yeah. like, and I'm not even talking about a savior who is going to rescue me from um, hell to send me to heaven. Like, that's, of course, like a big picture thing. But yeah. in my day to day, I don't necessarily say, Jesus, I really need you to do mm. this mm. in the way that you want me mm. to, you mm -hmm. know, like, I don't think about that, because I still mm. rely on myself, because I'm like, I'm an educated, learned person who reads a lot of articles and listens to all sorts of podcasts. Like, why, you know, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think to consult, you know, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's so crazy, because like you said, all of the people in the Bible who had these life changing, transformative moments with Jesus were people who were freaking fully aware of how broken they were and how desperately yeah. they needed yeah. an outside savior that they could not fix yeah. themselves. And I think that broken contrite heart is what puts us in that posture to like receive God's grace. Um, you know, this is, I don't, I don't like you. I don't want to like talk about <laughs> more like workout metaphors, but this was a very Use interesting it. revelation to me this, this summer. Okay. So I apologize for all the people that are not into working out, but um, it's good for you. You should do it anyway. <laughs> Muscle is the organ of longevity. Okay. And, so, uh, um, and prevents mm, osteoporosis for women. All sorts of things. Also for good for yep, your mental yep. health. Okay. Anyway, yep. we don't get sponsored by anyone yet, so I'm not going to go into that. I'm going to save it for when somebody decides to sponsor us. Um, but anyways, so I have been working out regularly since college. Okay. So like when I was 20 mm. years old-ish, um, I've been working out like at least three times a week. Even when I had my children, right after postpartum, as soon as a doctor cleared me, three times a week. Like, I have never mm -hmm. not worked out. I've always been somebody who works out. But I've yeah. never been somebody who likes working out. I've always hated working out. I only do it because I'm a very disciplined person. And I do it because I don't want to be unhealthy and because I don't want to gain mm -hmm. weight. I want to eat my croissants mm -hmm. and also be able to, you know, fit into my clothes. This is literally Amen. the motivation that I have for working out. <laughs> Recently, though, I changed my entire workout regimen where instead of working out, like I basically decided I want to see how strong I can get. Now I'm not yeah. going to go into rapto mode. Okay. Like I'm, that's not where I'm headed, but I but wanted you, to see if I could actually muscle. get strong. Yeah. So I started working out three times and then I started adding another day and then I started adding another day. And then I ended up working out six days a week. Dang. But crazily, I didn't hate working out anymore because mm. I could see that I was getting stronger. Like I started yeah. at a certain number of weights and then I got to another weight. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, like I want to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And it really motivated me to do it more. And it was exciting yeah. to do it because I would wake up and say, is today going to be the day that I PR? Is today going to be the day that I get a personal record? And it was a very different perspective on how I saw my my three times a week, four times a week, whatever. Yeah. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because it really made me think about what I do with my spiritual walk. Yeah. Because most yeah. of the way I do my spiritual walk is 
I guilt trip myself. Like I didn't read the Bible. Oh my gosh, this is not good. I got to go do it. I got to go do it right now. I have 30 minutes. I got to go do it because I've always read the Bible. I mean, yes, there's been sometimes when I read less, sometimes I read more, but I've always been consistently a Bible Mm. reader. Um, But I always did it, I think, with the mindset of I don't want to fail. Like I don't want to slip and Mm -hmm. fall. I want to prevent myself from going into a bad place and sinning. And so therefore, as a maintenance mode, I am reading my Bible. Right. And so Bible reading was sometimes great, but sometimes just another burden that like I had to do, you know, kind of the same way I felt about working out. Like I'm working out to not get fat or not get unhealthy. I'm reading the Bible so I don't sin to keep me from sinning. But then recently I started changing my mindset into I'm not doing this to keep myself from sinning. I'm reading my Bible and spending time with God because I'm trying to go towards a goal. Like I'm trying to become more like Jesus. I'm trying to get closer to God. And it was a very, very different way of seeing it. It wasn't like I was doing this to maintain myself from doing something, but Mm -hmm. I was running actively towards God. And that was a very different motivator for me um, because it was no longer about like, if I don't do this, God will punish me. If I don't do this, yeah. I will sin. If I don't do this, God will send a horrible failure to remind me of my need for a savior. It was more yeah. like, man, like, I really feel like I'm getting like closer and closer to God. And I was yeah. seeing the gains, the spiritual gains. All that to say, I don't know how this relates to failure, but this was my summer revelation. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's about it's not about running away from something. It's about running towards something, you know? I- I, I want to go so off topic right now. It's like I'm <laughs> no, biting say my it. Tongue. What? What are you gonna say? Is it no, about I want to know out? your PRs. What are your PRs? No, 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 no. I can't. PRs. I can't PR because I don't have like a rack. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I only have free weights, so it's really hard for me no, to no, know no, what but, my PRs are. But you are. have the tonal. Tonal will tell you what what your PRs are. No. Yeah, but the PR numbers are very not analogous to regular weights. Okay. Okay. But well, I'm I trying just, to do. I, I'm trying to deadlift 1.5 of my weight. That's my goal. Okay, I got, I, I, audience, I just want you to know uh, Sula told me that she gained 10 pounds of muscle. No, 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 that's not what I said. I said I gained 10, 10 pounds, pounds in of general, muscle. And I don't know what it is. Muscle. All right. So <laughs> I expect you to wear a tank top next time and give us another bicep flash. We're going to no. compare it to the last time you showed See, us. This is why I don't, I can't talk about my revelations <laughs> because then immediately it becomes, you, you become this crazy, oh my gosh, you better not make me break my spine. And send me into Rapto by being a cheerleader. Be like, yeah, you you can you can deadlift three hundred. Sure, sure, you sure. can. I, I I really believe you could deadlift two seventy five. You really try. Can we move on? All right, just let's let's, move let's on. six months goal by by uh, next next March. I want you to be deadlifting two seventy five. I think you can more than double my weight. I know, I know. I'm just doable. Yeah, that's, that's how you'll get Rapto. That's how you get Rapto. <laughs> um, but you know, it's so interesting. Like you know, when you're saying that, like that type of repetition, it causes a different level, you know, because you're thinking like maintenance mode. I think what I wanted to say is simply this, and, you know, like we got to be very careful with um, using our own, like, you know, I, I preached a message about this before I went on sabbatical. I say we cannot judge Jesus by our own human standard, right? Because a lot of times, oh, shoot, my That was I a fail. That was a fail. Yeah. <laughs> no, a lot of times when we use our own our own human logic, to start judging Jesus, like we'll start thinking of those days. Oh my God, I can't, I, I got to pray so I don't sin. Oh my God, I got to do this so I don't do this. Or so that bad thing doesn't happen. Like I had a friend who told me that, like he used to just confess, I think God is punishing me whenever something bad happened in his life because I'm not praying and reading the Bible enough. And I'm like, 
what the heck's wrong with you? Why would that, like, come on. You think God is up there so pissed off that he's going to punish you and make your life miserable because you're not reading the Bible and praying? That's just going to hurt you in the long run. But it's like, come on. Like, we use our human standards, our human logic mm -hmm. so many times to judge. That happens also, like, when people go through tremendous loss and uh, and they walk away from their faith because they're like, if if I, you know, like, if if God really loved me, why would this happen to me? Like, that's mm -hmm. always, like, mm -hmm. the huge thing that we have to try to answer and i think we have to realize we live in a very broken world broken things will happen to us but whenever we begin to start judging jesus with our own human logic it's very dangerous and i think the thing that protects us from that is really continue to understanding who god is through the scripture and just reading that and just understanding and learning i think is really uh, an important part to it but uh but i do i do feel like the more you spend time with god like you said like six times like rather than the three or whatever the more you're going to grow and find your identity being who he is. And so for me, like, so you may not go to God and pray, like say, I need you. Like for me, like I'm almost like, I'm, I'm the complete opposite of you. Like, I don't just pray so that I don't sin. I, I'm like, I got to pray because I can't do this without God. Like I just can't minister without him. It's impossible. There's no way I can handle because mm -hmm. I know my own brokenness and what I'm capable of if God is not with me. You know, so I'm constantly seeking God's presence in my life, you know, and stuff. And I think the best thing, David Hosang said this. He said the key to spiritual growth is when we go to Jesus just because we're so enchanted by him. Mm, that does sound I love me, that. would say. Isn't it, right? I love it. And, th and that's so true. Why are we going to Jesus? Just because we're so in love, so enchanted by him. We want to be in his presence. And I just think that's the goal. You know, we have to move towards that. If we can continue, like if we can start going to Jesus because of that, rather than I need this, I need this, I need that. I need to go to Georgetown. You know, I need this, this and that. Then I think we're really growing and we're going to begin to really understand what concerns the heart of Jesus so that we can begin to live more for the things that concerns his heart rather than we living for the things that you know, concerns our heart without Jesus being a part of it. So that's, I hope that helps a little bit, but I really do think, that you know at the end of the day um failure stinks but at the but i think it's necessary for us to go deeper in our relationship with god because it allows us to be broken so maybe the last thing i'll say and this so you can wrap up if you have anything else is that when we go through the failures you gotta let god break you that's the key thing you have to let him break you all right so that god could redeem you all right. Breaking means just going to him. Just read the, the passages of the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was so broken before God. He was so honest, so honest and real before God. And God met him there. Right. And so we have to be willing to do that. You know, blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. So the ones who have this poverty of spirit are the ones who are truly blessed and happy. We have to be willing to do that. So when we fail, let God break you. Let God truly break you so that he can redeem you. So that's probably the best advice I can give. But anything you have before we wrap up, sister? Shoot, I, I got to hurry up because <laughs> I got to go. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I, I I keep thinking about something I heard on a podcast where they were saying that God, we have to stop thinking about God and our relationship as like, like a, the God and then like we're like, just tools that God uses. And I know that's like an analogy that we've heard in a positive sense, mm -hmm, you know, like mm -hmm. we are God's hands and feet, like we do God's work and that's all true. Um, but I think there's so much more than this relationship of like God wants projects finished. And so he dispatches 
his disciples, us. And sometimes we succeed mm. and sometimes we fail and mm -hmm. that's it. Like, I, I really think it's not that, you know, like, like mm -hmm. I said in the beginning, like, I think God is way more interested in our hearts being surrendered to him and our hearts being in tune with him than any other project that he calls us to do in the, right. in this world and this quote unquote success of that project, you know? And I think a lot of times, like you said, we base our identity on whether these things succeed or not. And, you know, we either feel like we are gods ourselves if our projects succeed, or we are just like the worst scum of the earth if yeah. these projects fail. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, we have to base our identity, like you said, on something that is unchanging, which is something that God has already done for us in Jesus. And we have to keep reminding ourselves of that because, man, like, I keep underestimating how powerful the narrative of the world is. Like, mm -hmm. I keep thinking, like, of course I know. Super. Yeah, I know I'm the child of God. I know. I'm. I, God loves me. I know this. But, you know, sin is crouching like a predator. You know, like, it is like red. Mm. It wants you. And I think... We, as soon as we relax and forget that, it comes for us, you know? And so, you know, I, I really, really, and I, this is speaking for myself as well. Like, I really am trying to stay tuned to God, like like you, you do. And every second that I remember, I'm saying, God, I'm a child of God. I surrender to you. Like, I need you. You are my savior. I can't save myself. Like, constantly reminding myself of that because- whether I'm listening to the radio or I'm watching a movie or whatever, man, like I get, especially because the new political stuff is happening, like the presidential campaign is happening. Like, I know yeah. I'm going to feel so, so cray cray. Like, I just know yeah. where this is going, but I have to really ground myself um, yeah. because that narrative is so powerful and it really sweeps me away into that whole chaos. Yeah. And I want to keep reminding myself, like, that's not who I am. That's not where I find my self-worth. Like, like you said, like yeah. Jesus is where I find my identity. You know, I, I am the, not looking the, forward to the, that. Yeah. The quote of the day is, I forget sometimes how powerful the narrative of the world is. I think that's so true. Right. Mm -hmm. And until we learn to differentiate ourselves from the narrative of this world, um, it all depends because if we can't do that, then when we fail, we'll probably resort to the narrative of this world to try to deal with it. Right. Or we're going to resort to God or Jesus Christ. And and that's the choice we have to make. And so until we differentiate ourselves from that narrative, um, you know, I don't know if we're going to have much hope even within our failures. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. And uh, if you have any questions, any thoughts, any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Also, we'd encourage you if you can, if you wouldn't mind, if, if this has been helpful for you, could you post this on your social media? We'd love to continue to grow our audience and uh, we're, we're grateful that it is growing, but we'd love to grow it more and we can't do it without your help. So if you wouldn't mind promoting this on your social media channels, we would truly, truly appreciate it. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. Take care.